All right, how's everybody doing? Welcome to Monday. Is it Monday already? Oh my God, it's Monday. Hopefully everybody had a great weekend. Everybody stayed socially distant. Everybody stayed safe, stayed healthy, washed your hands, wore a mask. Guys, we gotta make sure that everything stays cool here. We just got notice from uh, the mayor today that we are rolling back some indoor, not dining, but indoor drinking, and that might affect some of the clubs. So be sure to wear your masks, stay socially distant, we have a very low rate right now. We do not want to roll all the way back to phase three. We're in phase four right now. So let's make sure we all stay safe, stay healthy. Andy's is open. Green Mill is open. And the Jazz Showcase is doing music Thursday through Sunday. But call ahead if you're going on the weekend because of this new band. I'm not sure what they're going to end up doing with the music venues because Dave Gemelo over at the Green Mill doesn't serve food. Jazz Showcase, Wayne and Joe, they do not serve food. So part of the deal that they announced this morning, if you haven't seen it, is that any bar that does not serve food can no longer have people inside drinking. So I can't imagine how the Green Mill is going to have live music and nobody drinking in there. So I would imagine that hopefully somebody at the city comes to their senses and says, well, wait a minute. Okay, the music venues can stay open, but let's keep our fingers crossed on that. So be sure to support everybody head over to all of those venues, but call first before you head over to make sure that they have, first off, has re have reservations and they have space, but second of all, make sure that they're open and make sure they are still happening. So hopefully we get out of this situation sooner rather than later, but um, you know the deal. So let's let's all work together here to, uh, to make this happen. Now, of course, I'm Mike Jeffers, Chicago Jazz Magazine, chicagojazz.com, and you are watching Chicago Music Revealed. I have no idea why I didn't say that first, but I got on a tangent. As you all know, everybody that watches and listens to the show, that sometimes happens. And, of course, I am also the entertainment director and program director at the soon-to-be opening Epiphany Center for the Arts, 201 South Ashland Avenue, right there, Ashland and Adams, right in the West Loop. We are going to be announcing a live music program that starts in September, September 1, up in the sanctuary, COVID-safe protocols, and a whole lot more. So stay tuned for all of that. Of course, head over to epiphanyshy.com. Drop us a line. Hit us up so that we can make sure you get all the information when we go live with all of the great announcements that we are going to do. Again, epiphanyshy.com. Now, talking about COVID-19 and talking about the pandemic and talking about musicians uh, not performing and clubs not opening up and, and people being in trouble. My guest today, uh, Rudy Royston, is an accomplished drummer, uh, you know, world-renowned drummer. And he actually, he recorded a uh, an album, but he never released it. He recorded it in 2013. He decided to put this out and donate all the proceeds along with Greenleaf Music to Music Cares, which is an organization that helps musicians in distress. And God knows there's a lot of musicians in distress. So, Rudy, I'm going to bring you on right now. How are you, Rudy? Thanks so much for jumping on for a few minutes. And it's great to, fi it's great to finally meet you. I've listened to you play a million times on recordings and once or twice, actually, in Chicago. But it's nice to actually meet you virtually, if nothing else. Yeah, man. Great to meet you, man. Yeah, Good so, to meet you, too. Thanks for having me on. Oh, de definitely. I'm, I'm, I'm honored to have you on. And I'm, I'm really excited to talk about this recording because, you know, us drummers, first of all, we got to stick together, number one. But, yeah. you know, during this kind of time, um, to be able to put something out like this and actually have the forethought to put something out and donate 100% of the proceeds to an organization that helps musicians in distress. Let's just talk a little bit about, about 
I mean, you're a traveling, touring musician. I mean, you're probably playing heavily touring probably in the summer, especially with all the different festivals and everything, which have now canceled. So how have you been coping through COVID-19 and how did you decide to take the proceeds from this recording and donate it to an organization like Music Cares? Man, it's, it's been, it's been rough. You know, it's been a journey. I I think in the beginning in, in February, a lot of us, well, March for me, it was kind of in shock a bit, I think, just to see all your gigs just disappear (laughs) and not know how, you know, what's going to happen in the next month and not, not understand what was, well, you know, what was going to go on. So it's been, it's been rough, but you, you know, I, I try not to panic, you know, I always try to just say, you know, let's, let's see what happens. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, uh, I've played a little bit, um, you know, just practicing a little bit and, because uh, for a second, like practicing was making me more depressed because I wanted to play. You know what I mean? So it's just like I'm just practicing. It's just like man. Um, but just settle, settling down a little bit and just practicing and and working on some other stuff and gardening and photography or whatever, you know, just different stuff like that. But yeah, and uh, but I, that that period of uh, March and was kind of rough because you know you, we didn't know what was going to happen and just seeing all the, the clubs close and everyone's yeah. just like man what's going on and um right at the beginning of that i re- applied for a lot of help mm-hmm. you know i applied for like louis armstrong had a grant music cares had a grant although i didn't know at the time i was just i was just applying for everything that i could see you know and you know about at the beginning of april a lot of things came in so you know it was it was just comforting. Yeah. It was just like, man, okay, I can, I got a little leeway now. It's like, okay, I can, I can make it at least till July. You know what I mean? Like, so things will be cool at least until then. But just talking to all of my friends, you know, and, and people who we all know, and it's just mm-hmm. like, man, we're all hurting. Like all of us are out of work. And you know, just knowing that it felt good to get some help. It's like, man, it, you know, I wanted to be able to help someone else Yeah. to, yeah. to, to get that, you know, to give back to that. Because, of, because of, again, we were talking on the phone. I'm, I know the stress that we're all under, you know, I'm hearing it in everyone's voice. <laughs> and so, you know, I just remembered, it's like, man, well, you know, I, you have this record, you know, it's like, it's been sitting there and you're wondering what to do with it. And for a long time, because, you know, we're, we're drummers. It's just like, oh, like if I put this out, who's gonna buy? It? You know, like, it's like what am I doing? Do I want to put this out? Number one and number two is just like people are gonna hear everything I could play. You know what I mean? It's like that's it, people. There's no more surprises. That's all. So it's just like yeah, you know what? But I think it, it was good. It was good that I for this time. It's just like man, let's let's put this out, and people will will give because they, it's going to a good cause, and then I can try to raise money for people. You know who who might be hurting and just talking like I had about five friends in mind it's just like and and a couple people who I didn't know who my friends told me about and it's just like okay I want to just try to give these people some money because they have families you know like it's not like yeah. just single guys in New York it's like these people have families you know and bills mm-hmm. um but that that got kind of hard because it's just like I don't know who to choose you know what I mean <laughs> to to really give all this any kind of money to I'm thinking it'd be like a hundred bucks you know what I mean like I don't really know how to how to do this yeah so I, you know I, I just when I asked Dave I called Dave Douglas with Greenleaf my label 
his label, but I'm on it. And, uh, you know, I just asked him, man, I have this drum record. Or you would you put it out, you know, put it out for me? We can like, I just want to donate the, the, the funds. And he's right away. He's just like, yeah, man, let's do that. Let's, you know, let's let's be on that. And I got uh, uh, my publicist, Girolamo, is on there. Mm-hmm. I got uh, uh, the my mastering guy came back and kind of touched it up a little bit. His name is Black Kevin Blackler. So like everyone just kind of donated their time and, and then we needed a place to give it. So I didn't know I had to find an organization that would work. And so I was wondering which, how should I do this? Who would I give this money to? And when I was asking, I asked Ben Allison, who uh, I always come to the Green Mill with when I come to Chicago. But I asked him like, man, you know, do you know? Cause Ben is like the guy, you know, he's like lobbying in DC and like, he's like, he's like always, He's kind of up on all the, the music industry stuff. So he told me about Music Cares, and I didn't really know about much about them. But then I checked it out and talked to some musicians, and they were like, yeah, man, when I needed, I needed to go to the dentist one time, and they helped me out. And another guy was like, yeah, I needed some, I needed money for a doctor. They helped me out. And then I read up on the, the, the kids thing with the, the Grammys they're associated with. Yeah. So it's just like, okay, this is, this is maybe cool, because I still didn't know, like, you know, I want to, I want to give the money myself, you know what I mean? Like, I want to be like, here, dude, like, you know. <laughs> but, but then, uh, you know, I got a check from them. It's out of the blues. It's like music cares, like a thousand bucks. I was like, oh, what? okay, yeah. That's wow. so they're actually, you know, they're doing the thing. Yeah. So, uh, that's, that helped me just sort of decide on them. It's just like, I think that's the place. So we decided on music cares because we know they have a good record and they're actually doing what they say with the money. And they did it for me. I'm, I'm just one dude in Somerville, New Jersey. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, cool. Isn't it amazing, though? I mean, it's amazing that, that I mean, I, you know, I didn't know about a lot of these different music organizations that help musicians because, you know, I never had to, I never sought anything out. But, but like, Music Cares, I mean, the, the help that they give to musicians just not even during a pandemic, just like to your point, if somebody has to go to the dentist, I mean, you know, a lot of people, I think, see people playing at all of these different festivals, all of these different venues and traveling and everything else. And they figure, oh, man, these guys are set. Check that out. You know, and check right. this out. And, stuff. Right. and, you know, no, you go to the dentist for a root canal. You are not set. You need to, you need to right. get a little bit of help. And these organizations really are stepping up, I think, as much as they can. And they can only step up as much as they can, depending on the amount of funding they have. So something like this, even though you know your original intent was be able to go knock on your buddy's door who's really in trouble and hand them a hundred bucks or hand them a hundred bucks at least this kind of pools the money together and to me with what you're doing probably gets some musicians maybe even under puts them on the radar a little bit for music cares potentially and then also makes people that are in need that didn't know anything about music cares aware of music cares so it's it's helping a lot of different ways rather than Plus the money that you're raising. So I, I, I love the idea that you picked out Music Cares or in an organization like that because it really raises the awareness of not only what you're doing, your recording, and the fact that you're selling it to raise money, but also the organization itself. So I, I, yeah. I, I love it. Yeah, that's how I learned. Yeah. I mean, I became aware of it. I had no idea it existed, you know what I mean? And I've never really needed, you know, much like that either, you know what I mean? But it's like behind every art there's you know there's 
there's an organization, there's, there are things that we just don't know. They're under the radar, but there's, there's always help there and there's something always going on for artists, you know, in the way of funding and, and donations and things like that. So it's, it's like, man, it was really cool to be able to be a part of this, this one. Well, and, and, you know, uh, kind of on a side note too, you know, every single year outside of the pandemic, you always hear about the government trying to cut the NEA and cut the different right. funding and scale this back and cut music out of schools and all this stuff. And, and then you come into a pandemic where the entire industry shuts down and now people are starting to miss that, I think. And people are starting to miss yeah. the live performance. And they're starting to also understand that, you know, 99% of the artists, the musicians, the, the painters, the sculptors, everybody are not getting rich. They're honing their craft to make civilization a better place. So right. hopefully, if there's a silver lining out of the pandemic, at least it brings awareness to the fact that, hey, man, you know, if you have a little bit to give, let's give it to some of these organizations to keep culture growing and keep creativity growing, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's a bigger conversation, but I mean, I just thinking about it, it's like, you know, that it, maybe that's something good that comes out of this whole thing. So, yeah, I mean, but that's, I mean, that's a great thing. That's the, the thing. Like we're not, you know, cause you see, like I like you said, we're traveling or it's like, yeah, man, I got a gig in South Africa. I got to get here. You know, I'm going to go here. Yeah. I'll be back in a month or whatever. And it's just like, oh man, that's cool. And it's like, man, you don't understand. It's not for, for many of us, we do this because we, we, we can't help. We want to serve culture, people. We want to get, we have to give this to people. We want to make the world better. You know what I mean? Yeah. We want to, yeah. we want to, we just, and, and that's just a part of who we are. And the other part, we're driven to do it because we want to get better at this thing, you know, this sticks and how do I make this? And you know what I mean? It's just the whole thing of it is just, that's the gratification from it. We're not rich. You know what I mean? <laughs> the gratification comes when you come to the gig and like what we give you, you know what I mean? And we know that all that hard work that we did is paying off. We're inspiring you. We're giving you something because we're inspired. Even when we suck, we're, I'm sorry. Yeah, you can say, yeah, even when we suck, yeah, we're tired, you know? You know what I mean? So it's like, that's that's the part of it that's, that I think now, like you're saying, I think people miss what we did again. I did a gig outside yesterday, like socially distanced gig. And mm -hmm. you just see the people's faces. They were like, oh my God, I missed this. You know, like <laughs> I just, I walked by it on the way to Wendy's before. And now it's like, wait, I got to stop and listen to this for a second. You know, <laughs> like that kind of thing. Like just missing the whole life and the thing that makes us human. And mm -hmm. this way, you know, we're human in a lot of ways, but definitely in a way of culture and art and beauty and subjectivity. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. I, so everybody should head over to bandcap.greenleafmusic.com. I've got it up here on the uh, on the screen and all the proceeds donate back to Music Cares. Also, I'm not sure of the exact website for Music Cares, but I, I'm it's tied in with the Grammys. So if you do a Google search for Music Cares, I remember it comes right up. And I think you guys have a link right off of all yeah. of the Bandcamp thing, right? Right off of Greenleaf Music as well. Because I got a I couple comments that they, they org, I think. Okay, great. Yeah. yeah. So I got a couple comments asking how they can connect with Music Cares. So that's good. See, we're doing our part already here, sending people yeah. over there. But everybody yeah. should check out bandcamp.greenleafmusic.com, purchase the recording, and that gives money to Greenleaf. And, you know, I love what you said is that the gratification, you know, all of the work that the artist puts in is the gratification when people show up to listen and experience and consume the artists. Yeah. 
So now, yeah. as a professional drummer to a professional drummer, here comes a professional transition in Ooh. the media world where we're going to ask, I'm going to ask you now, what was the inspiration and what was the gratification and how did you come up with, first off, sitting down, where did you record this? 2013 is when you recorded it. So was it live in a club? Where did you record this? And what was the inspiration behind the original thought process of recording this? Yeah, it was originally I had a, I recorded my band. 303 was my first record with a band. I was scheduled to do it at Tedesco Studios in Paramus, New Jersey. It's a great, great studio. But we somehow mixed it up in double books. So the guy there, Tom Tedesco, said, man, just come back. I owe you. We'll do like four hours. I'll just give it to you whenever you want. So I went to where it else and record the record. But I had four hours, and I knew it was like drum solo. That's going to be the thing. Because <laughs> like, you know, I'm not, you know, not going to pay some cats. It's just like, no, I'm going to go in and just try this thing that's been on my mind for a while, you know, just to try. Mm-hmm. You know, because a lot of times what, what we're checking out, what I'm checking out when I'm listening to music is all the music that's coming out of me. Like, just that I'm trying to emulate. Because a lot of my playing is I'm trying to emulate something. I'm trying to imitate something or create something or paint a picture or something. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, so it's like, man, how, you know, this is a perfect opportunity to kind of go, go see what that's like without any, it was important for me that I not have any loops or any electronics. Like, I just, you know, I just want to just do this and just see if I can translate some of these stories and some of these pictures through just drums and cymbals. Because it, it gets easier for me if I put loops in and you can hear what I'm, you hear the vibe more when I'm creating, you know, you're mm-hmm. used to that. So, yeah, I mean, and plus I've been practicing a lot then playing with a lot of different people who were pulling that sort of thing out of me, like, you know, playing some with Bill Frizzell and, you know, he paints these beautiful pastoral pictures, you know what I mean? And yeah. he just plays all this stuff and I'm like, how do I do this? And, you know, and just trying to mature as a drummer in that way, because before I, I've been, you know, really, I, was, I had just been playing a lot of a different way, real aggressive kind of. And I was trying to say, okay, dude, you're getting older. You want to try to, you know, you want to get sweeter as you get older. You don't want to get better. <laughs> so this was the way that I thought to do it. So I'm like, man, yeah, I want to try this. And I got these drums from Cannabis. I, they signed me oh, on. Nice. I was just like, yeah, nice. and they sounded amazing. So I'm like, this is it. So, I, you know, I just wanted to go in the studio and I said, don't plan what you're going to do. Have an overall picture, though. It's just like, I know I'm going to do these poems. And I know I'm going to do the stuff that I've been working on, which was just... Um, on the spot sort of painting of pictures you know like I didn't want to practice right it's like when what comes to your head play it like that like just play it and relate it and then leave and go someplace else so the whole session was straight like it's just it's, it was just I just played for like three hours straight and then I went back later and listened and heard how I was connect where my mind was it's like oh yeah I was thinking of this and I was thinking of that and then I thought well you're basically you're thinking of four different things on this session you know it's mm-hmm. like you're you're kind of thinking of this 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 and this so I kind of just arranged them to where they were and and sort of uh grouped the, them together but like that but I really wanted to be able to you know play the drums and it not be a drum solo record in, I wanted to make a solo drum record. These right. are songs that I'm playing on the drums. They're not drum solos. You know what I mean? Yep. So it's like, it's it's great. Like the, the whole idea of melody and harmony for me just sort of transitions. Because you have melody. I'm thinking melody. 
and I'm thinking harmony, and I'm thinking I'm thinking of all the things of the song, but I'm thinking how other things translate into that. Like, if you think about it, if you hear a rhythm and it's only drums, and then you hear that rhythm again, that's the melody now. Mm -hmm. The rhythm becomes the melody. You know what I mean? It's repetitive. It's a repetitive theme that you're right. repeating. Yep. Right. So now that's kind of that's the melody. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like things like that that I was that I was trying to explore and, and say, you know, like, OK, now what about harmony? You know, how is that going to happen? It's like, OK, well, if I come back to this bass drum figure and I come back to this bass drum figure while I'm playing these things over it, it's like, OK, that's harmony. You, you know what I mean? I'm thinking yeah. in ways like that. And and, you know, just the other ways, like how do I paint this picture? Like the, there's a bus city bus stop tune on there where it's just. You know, you get on the bus, you ride to a stop, you stop, it goes off, you stop, next stop, you stop, you know. <laughs> so just how do you illustrate that, you know? So I just kind of play a little and then stop. Play a little, same thing, then yeah, stop. Yeah. You know, like I'm playing, but there's something behind it so that it's not a drum solo. I'm, you know what I mean? I'm just playing music on the drums. You just can't hear everything else that I hear. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, though? I, I, I uh, There's a couple things, and I, I want to talk about a couple of these themes you and I talked about uh, before we came live about the video because there's there's different words in that video. But I want to talk uh, for a minute, talk a little bit about because right before right when you talked about when you got the, the new endorsement deal with that drum company, you got the drums. And mm. I know as a drummer, but I want you to explain it. It's so important for the people that are listening. Every drum set sounds different. So when you get a drum set, and you get a drum set that really sounds good, feels good. Even, you know, you could sit behind 10 different drum sets. One of them is going to just feel like, man, you know, this is like it. I've been, and that inspiration from being able to do that. And then when you hit the heads, the way the drumstick rebounds, the sound, the timber, everything around it starts to inspire you in different ways. So this drum set that you, you know, played on for this recording you must have had that connection with that drum set when you sat down because, you know, you've sat on drum sets where you just, you know, you've got to struggle to get some ideas happen in here, man, because this just does yeah. not feel comfortable. You don't like the way the cymbal sounds, the way the drum sounds. So this must yeah. have been really inspiring when you sat down, which inspired you to start really creating and, and going outside of the normality to create this stuff. Right. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. I mean, because first of all, like just physically sometimes just the touch or just the way the tom you can't get it to lay right you know mm -hmm. or you just it's just or the drum head it's like it's a clear coated head with a dot it's just like i don't want the dot it's just it makes it feel different you know what i mean this is something it's it's all little things like that that you have to they force you into becoming another drummer like if i'm if i get on this drum set and it sounds like this, so I can't play what I want to play because it's not going to translate. So now I have to be another drummer. You know yeah. what I mean? I have to come. I have to go conjure up all of that stuff that I heard from the '70s. You know what I mean? When Harvey Mason and Steve Gadd was playing like heads with dots, and you know what I mean? It's like, oh God, you know what I mean? So it's yeah. just like, all right, now I got to play like that, which is cool because I'm still going to have fun. I mean, it's great. I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to have fun imitating them and sounding horrible, but I'm not exactly going to be myself. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it, when you get like these drums are that they do the other the opposite when you sit and you when I played them it was like they sang back to me and it was just like that is exactly what I wanted to hear when I played that like yeah. that 
and it felt exactly like I wanted it to feel. When I do this drum roll at like a pianissimo, I'm actually hearing the notes, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? I'm hearing what I'm playing at this, this low volume because of the right drum head and the way the drum is built and the pressure inside of the drum is feeling good on the stick, you know what I mean? Like that, yep. all yep. of that stuff just felt soup. When, when I played these drums, it was like, these are like my soul, you know? Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is exactly what I feel when I, when I play and what I hear when I play. So it, it's, that's super important to be yourself. Like we're gonna sound good or as good as we can on any kit, but can you actually be yourself, 100% yourself, you know, in, or do you have to be professional and, you know, go into the lexicon of your experience and know that you have to do something else, you know what I mean? Yep. So it's like yep. that was super inspiring about these drums. That's why I was, I kind of rushed in. I got these drums like a month before. <laughs> I was like, let's go to the studio. Because <laughs> they were just feeling so good. It's just not like I need to play on them for a while. You know what I mean? It's just like, no, this is it. Yeah. You know, and yeah. then I played them on like a jam session, like at Smalls. It wasn't Smalls, it was Smoke in oh, New York. Yeah. I just went to a jam yeah. session. And I was like, oh man, these are, what are these? You know, I was like, yeah. And then I was like bugging the dude, can I please endorse your. <laughs> yeah. And that's one of those things that I think a lot of musicians and a lot of casual music fans, they don't they don't understand that from a drummer standpoint. So that's why I wanted to talk, you to talk about it, because it's so important. And then when you're doing a solo recording like this, I mean, it's all you. So it's so important to have yeah. something like that. So let's talk right. a little bit about. So you've got a, a minute 50 promo video for panoptic and we should tell everybody they got to head over to greenleaf uh, bandcamp.greenleafmusic.com to check that out um mm -hmm. but you during the promo video you've got still images and then you have different words that pop up inspirations illustrations meditations poems tributes sacred and moments and talk a little bit about what those mean because I love they worked really well with what those photos were, but I had a feeling they probably meant something in the context of the entire recording as well. Yeah, they meant something with the entire, but it's, it's, it was cool how when I was making that video, it was like everything was sort of blending together with what was going on now, you know, with, with what was yeah. going on with the protests and, and it's just like, oh, this is all, it, it all just sort of worked together and it's like, this is, um, okay, you know, this is, this is cool, you know, like, this is what, it, in essence, this is what I'm meaning, whatever that was, seven years ago, like, it, it's like, mm -hmm. it's still the same essence of the, of the, of the thing, like, you know, like, and so, just the things that in, inspire, you know, just, so, just, that's a, for me, whatever it is, something I hear, or something that's visual, you know, it's like, how, that's something that I wanted to sort of give tribute to in this, in the, uh, the moments, you know, moments that things change, you know what I mean? Like on a, a couple tunes, there's a moment where everything changes. Like there's like Jack, the tribute to Jack DeJanette, there's a moment in the beginning where it's just cymbals and then it just snaps to just sticks on cymbals. First it's mallets and it just goes to sticks. Like it just, yeah. there's a change. You know, and I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hopeful that that's the change that we are experiencing now with Black Lives Matter. You know, like, 
we're going and then there's a change there's an event and something really a real change you know oh yeah yeah um, so that and like tributes you know tributes to to, to some of not just drummers but you know some some great the the people who I at that time were really influencing everything that I was doing, a lot of things that I was doing. Um, uh, I think Monk is on there and Bill Frizzell's on there, Ornette's on there, and then some Max Roach and Elvin. Elvin's first because Elvin's everything for me. <laughs> Elvin's the man. Yeah, he's the man, all right. That's for sure. Right. Oh man, but uh, yeah, and you know, and then there's the the the, the the sacred part, you know, there's some, there's, there's a section in there of sacred music, which is kind of always part of just who I am. Grew up playing in church and that whole, the way I flow through music, like I can play music now, even for people here, I'm laying a track and they'll be like, man, okay, yeah, like you shaped the, the tune. Like, and you don't even, you're not even playing with us. It's like, I can, because I can tell you want more energy here. You want me to do, you want this here. You know, that whole intuitive sort of listening to the tune, I kind of learned that whole thing from church, just watching, because you never know which direction in a church service anything would go, you know. <laughs> and when I was younger in church, it was just me and an organist. Like, not a lot, a lot of people, nobody got paid, none of that stuff. We were at church like four nights a week, just mm -hmm. us playing, no pay. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> And you just never know, you know, if some person might sing a song and then they just switch the key, this person, and then it's just like, it's like okay, wait, this is the tempo. You got to keep, like, finish the phrase. Like, you just coming in on bar three. It's like, you got one more, bar, you know, all of that stuff. Is just, but that, that whole making music out of just not knowing, you know, what's going to happen, that's, that is a skill that I think I just sort of learned playing in church all the time. Yeah. And just, just fun stuff that I was just checking out, you know, like some, some, um, what's the, the the last word on there was uh, uh, moments. I guess it was. Moments. I think it was moments. Yeah. We're talking about that one, but but just just some just some good you know like and the rest was just stuff that I liked, the stuff that I was having fun doing. Those were kind of the ones in between when I would be like deep in an idea and just like all right, just have fun and just play for a while, <laughs> you know. What I mean? So I would just hear like just play some prints, you know what I mean? Just play this prints too. Play this. You know, like something like that, like like Blackbird. You know, mm -hmm. like, and now that you know, I, that there's like Terry Lynn Carrington had a Blackbird that she arranged way back on when she was playing on our Serial Hall show way back then, which sort of changed my whole idea about about drumming. You know, and it's like wow, this is really I'm not drumming, but just about pop music and drumming, jazz drumming. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, but Blackbird is in there, and then it just switches and goes into "Feel Like Making Love," with, you know. <laughs> so I'm just like, yeah, man, you know, that's just like that. And then, okay, now let me get back to a, to an idea that I want to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Kind of like that. Well, it's 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 um, it's I love how you're describing it because it's giving people an idea of what a drummer slash musician composer at the same time is going through. You know, I, I've interviewed a lot of people about spontaneous composition. It's similar to what you're doing, but you have more of a theme-based thing, and you're thinking of it a little differently. And especially from a drummer standpoint, doing a solo drum, you know, recording. You know, mm. some people will go in and they'll play. You know, like Ari Honig, he'll play a melody down, play all around it, come back, play the melody again. 
what you're describing is similar to that, but different because you're using the rhythm. You're using the rhythm as a harmony. You're using the rhythm as a melody. You're, you're not so much concerned about playing tunes down on the drums. You're more thinking um, organically how you can do that and what's coming through your mind. So it's almost a combination of both where it's spontaneous composition slash theme-based stuff that you're building off of. So yeah. this was recorded in 2013. Um, obviously, seven years ago. So do you practice this regularly, like soloing now? I mean, you've got this recording out from seven years ago. You must be way past where this was if, you, if you've been working on it like this. Yeah. See, like only a drummer would know that. Yeah. <laughs> like someone else would be like, are you going to play track two? It's just like, I, I know. I, <laughs> I kind of left that. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not really there in that particular place anymore. But, um, I, you know, I can still get there. It's just a little, it's a, it's, it's a little more matured, you yep. know, like I'm not going to play. Because it's the same thing with the tunes. Like you said it like perfectly. It's just like sort of an organic exploration. But the thing is that you want is that what you feel is consistent. Like track two feels differently than track four. It feels yep. differently, you know, like that's what what is kind of sort of delineating tune to tune to tune it feels differently you know what i mean mm -hmm. and that may be rhythmically or or thematically or whatever um but yeah so i you know it would be a different concert now if i did a solo thing you know what I mean? but it i could play those same tunes it would just probably be expressed a different way well yeah and, that, and that's the that's kind of like the whole point of even doing something like this i mean so that you know it, it, you grow as a creator so when you sit down and you're going to do something, it's going to always grow out of what you did seven years ago. It's going to be different unless you've regressed somehow, which I know you didn't. But, you know, so, I mean, it, it's always an interesting it's like a, it's it's a it's constantly moving forward, I guess, is the best way to say it. You know, yeah. So yeah. so with this recording, we got to tell everybody once again, bandcamp.greenleafmusic.com panoptic all the music goes to music cares you and i talked before you came on your website's being redone so all the information on rudy is on greenleafmusic.com right now and you can check that out this is your fourth release as a leader so you have three other ones and i would encourage everyone to go check those out as well because you know if you like what you're hearing here just wait until you hear all of the recordings from rudy uh rudy at Royston, I, I'm trying to say two names at one time, and I'm, I'm screwing the whole thing up. But anyways, you get the point. So yeah. greenleafmusic.com. And by the way, Dave Douglas, I mean, hats off to him. He's like a world-renowned composer, arranger, trumpet player, and he's running a record label. <laughs> That's <laughs> enough to kill somebody just by itself, let alone yeah. doing everything else. So hats off to him. I mean, what a fantastic uh, concept person and the way he's constantly getting the music out as well. And I know you tour and you play with Dave a lot. How... How's anything? He just sent me like five tunes. Oh, did he? <laughs> like just now, like about an hour ago, he's like, "Let me send you another tune." I'm like, "Oh God, okay, cool." <laughs> so, so how are you guys? I mean, just on a total side note, I mean, are, are is anything opening up in New York? Is anything happening? Or is anybody able to play anywhere yet? Or I mean, what are you guys doing? Virtual stuff? What's happening on that scene? Yeah, I mean, it's some stuff is not nothing's opened up yet, like where we people can come in and check it out. Yeah. Like the village, the Vanguard has gigs that are virtual. Smalls is having something now like every, almost every night where you, you can tune in and check it out. The musicians are live, but there's no one in there with them. Yeah. Uh, and then 
a lot of outdoors things. Like yesterday, I did an outdoors thing. Mm -hmm. Those are happening. Yeah. It's kind of impromptu sort of things out on the street. A lot of guys are doing that. Yeah. You know. Well, it, um, you know, the, the good thing with Smalls, though, Smalls was always set up for that virtual thing. I mean, they always did the in-person thing, but they, they've built out that uh, pay-per-view platform that they've had and, and the free streams, too, that they used to do. So, I mean, it, you know, that was nice yeah. that they were actually set up. I don't Was the Vanguard set up for that or did they have to scramble to kind of put something together? I didn't think they were, were they? No, they had to put it together. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and it's really good, you know, but, yeah, it wasn't. Smalls was just that's what they were doing. They'd just take the people out, and it's like that's yeah. what they always were doing. Yeah, <laughs> it was like, yeah, it's super cool. I, uh, so yeah, that, I don't even think that ever stopped. I think Rio is doing a lot of stuff at the Jazz Gallery. Rio mm -hmm. Sakari, she's the one who runs that, and yeah. they there she she's doing the same kind of thing, where you can tune in and donate like five bucks or ten bucks or whatever, mm -hmm. and, yeah. and and then check out the music. Soapbox Gallery, there's a place that's doing. So, yeah, it's it's that it's all that basically. Yeah, we, have, we, have, we haven't had anything with live audience yet. It's it's inside. Yeah, right, inside. And and to let everybody know, you know, it's also a challenge from a revenue standpoint to be able to pay the guys and ladies that are performing what it would have been if the place was packed and you were doing a live stream. So it's so important for everyone to support as many musicians as possible during this time. If you see something, hit that virtual tip jar, buy a pay for purview for five or 10 bucks. It's going to support the club and to the musicians because, yeah. uh, you know, everybody's just trying to stay afloat at this point, trying to get through this whole ordeal. And, you yeah. know, I, I mean, you know, Rudy, I, you, 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 you know, I'm preaching to the choir when I say this, but, this is like the worst industry to be in because our whole goal is to get as many people as possible to enjoy a night of music, a night of uh, at a festival, put elbow to elbow and everybody dig it. And that's yeah. how the revenue streams were set up for the past, you know, hundred years. And <laughs> this is, this is like the worst industry to be in. And, you know, so everybody's trying to make it through. So hopefully everybody, um, can do that. Hit those tip jars, virtual tip jars. Check out those pay-per-views. And, of course, head yeah. over to bandcamp.greenleafmusic.com and buy Panoptic from uh, Rudy Royston. And, man, yeah. it's been a pleasure talking to you, man. We've we got to do this again when something something pops, and hopefully you have something else coming out. Hopefully this doesn't go on too long. We'll get to actually see you back here in Chicago at the Green Mill or at Constellation yeah. or something. Man, I can't wait. I, I love Chicago, man. Yeah, oh, man. Well, you know, it's it, it'll be fun to have live music again anywhere, but let alone in Chicago, it'd be nice to be able to bring the, the national touring acts back in. So hopefully we'll see yeah. you back here. But, hey, congratulations on this entire recording. And, uh, you know, as one drummer to another, uh, you know, I know what a what a deal this is to do a, a, a solo drum recording and put it out there. And, uh, you know, congratulations, hats off. You're never going to hear one from Mike Jeffers. So <laughs> I'll just you listen. No, man. <laughs> I'll just <do> listen. <laughs> All right, man. I appreciate it. Take care and let's catch up uh, when something else pops. Keep us in mind. We, we love having you on today. That sounds great, man. All right. Thanks, Rudy. Take right, care. Brother. All right. What a pleasure, man. Talking, talking to Rudy. And I, I'm telling you, everybody's got to go over, check this recording out because um, it, it is dynamic. Uh, it's very cool, first of all, and it's very um, creative and it is not what you think it's going to sound like. So I encourage everyone to go check it out. Plus it goes for an incredible cause. So that's 
What's happening here? Wow, it's Monday already. Episode 77. I cannot believe it. We're going to do episode 78 tomorrow. We're going to be rocking and rolling tomorrow. There's a change. No, it's tomorrow or Wednesday. Well, we're going to put everything up here. I've, I got all discombobulated here. I'm going to get my act together. We'll figure it out. But tomorrow, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, of course, another Chicago Music Revealed, episode 78 coming at you tomorrow. Man, we're going to hit episode 80 by the end of the week. Can you believe it? So if you like what you're hearing, if you like what you're, you're seeing, please like it, please share it, please tell everyone you know. Right back here, Central Standard Time, 6 p.m. As I always say, tell your family, tell your neighbors, call the grandkids, Chicago Music Revealed. Ah, have a great afternoon, great evening, stay safe, and I'll see you on the next broadcast.